1: a gift and a call on anybody's life and we just have to hear the call is really it's like one of my songs called heed the call it's we have to hear the call and that's often been as i've reflected back through many trials tribulations and and victories and great times i have looked back and said lord what next can i hear the lord saying dan i'm going to use you in music and evangelism
0: G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax, welcome to The Story Well, today we're going to hear from someone who does music and evangelism in some of the most far-flung places in Australia Dan Vogler is a country music singer and a rural chaplain who's been travelling around Australia for many years singing and sharing the gospel wherever he goes Shelley Scowan was finally able to catch up with Dan in a place that has mobile phone reception and he'll be sharing his story with us today
2: The harvest is ripe for the labourers, a few. The harvest is ripe for the
3: labourers, a few. Welcome to the show, Dan.
1: Yeah, thank you very much, Shelley. Good to be here.
3: I love how you go to really rural, remote places. When I was getting in touch with you a few weeks ago, I couldn't actually talk to you because you were out of mobile phone reception. Tell us about where you were in North Queensland just a few weeks ago.
1: Basically in Bamaga and Thursday Island. So uh, in Bamaga, even though it's the mainland, you get very bad uh, mobile reception. But in Thursday Island, uh, which is an hour north of the mainland, Uh, The tip of Australia, basically, Um, they have excellent um, mobile coverage. So that's where you actually talked to me. I was on the street, basically, uh, just doing some music on the street in front of a cafe and, um, yeah, getting a lot of people stopping and talking and that sort of thing.
3: That's awesome. There are so many just great places around Australia like that that uh, aren't reached by a lot of people. This particular day you were there in the street. So what were you doing? um, Is that something that you do fairly normally? You just find a place in the street and set up?
1: Yeah, what we would normally do, is um, talk to either someone at a uh, Christian bookshop or some business person that is a believer um, so that at least when we set up, We know we're not going to be sort of moved on too quickly and we're invited there, see? Yeah. And, um, yeah, we'll do our music and uh, it's basically mainly gospel and and some of the old hymns and stuff like that and songs that are very inspirational Um, and we're able to uh, interact with um, both the locals and tourists at times like that.
3: Awesome. And you've got a bit of a passion for country music, haven't you?
1: Yeah, well, that's that's basically where... um, I uh, I grew up in in country areas and and learned that style of music and learned how to record it and um, yeah became one of the biggest selling um, gospel country artists in Australia for many years.
3: Wow, what is it about country music that just connects with people?
1: Well, I think one of the first things is that it can be heard clearly the words yes. and um, it's not necessarily an overly complicated style and. And um, therefore, it's easy to follow. And uh, it's also got a a bright uh, tune and and generally a real, uh, especially gospel, um, you know, a real happy uh, atmosphere about it. And um, good for storytelling, I find great for for ballad writing, you know.
3: I often wonder how country musicians actually remember all the lyrics to their songs because there are so many lyrics in each song and you sing hundreds of songs.
1: Yeah, well, that's right. It's, um, I guess it's one of those things that comes from practice and you know, I find it's helpful too when I do forget words. So look at some of the audience, sometimes they're singing it. <laughs> so um, they actually help me. So I, I like to get a few people positioned as close as possible just in case I need to read their lips. You know?
3: <laughs> Very clever, very clever. You've been doing this for a long time, haven't you? How long have you been on the road ministering <clears throat> like this?
1: I first released my first album called There's no, There'll Be No Teardrops on the Heaven when I was 23 so, you know, shucks that's about 12 years ago Wow No, that's a little bit longer
3: <laughs> <laughs> It's been a good few decades hasn't it?
1: That's right, yeah It's around about the 30 years and um, look, I find with music it's a little bit like riding a bike um, certainly a bicycle if not a, if not a an engine bike but it's it's just something you don't really forget, and and it's possible to get better at it. And yeah, uh, you, you know, your vocals mature. My writing has definitely matured, and um, I've become really happy with my, you know, accompanying instrumental playing, and and um, people enjoy that that package of of acoustic and voice and uh, and good songs. You know,
3: mm. it's convenient too. It's easier than carrying a piano around with you everywhere <laughs> you go.
1: Well, that's right. Mind you, these days you can get uh, very good electronic pianos too as well. And...
3: Well, that's true, yeah. 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 So what is it about going bush that has you so excited? Like, it, it'd be easier to stick to the capital cities and just, you know, do all the the tours around and distribute your CDs, but you have a real passion for people in rural areas, don't you?
1: I do. Um, I see our... Uh, the heart of our call being to the, what I call the Triple R people group, which is the rural, regional and remote area people. There's about seven million of those in Australia and, um, they range from people that do live in cities and have retired to the city from the bush and those that are really hardcore bush people that, um, may live on the outskirts, um, uh, say in the Diamantina region of Western Queensland and, uh, get into, what we would call a, a small outback town, for instance, like Bulia, once every eight weeks or so and then maybe once every three months to uh, to a major town like Mount Isa. So there's a whole lifestyle surrounding the uh, life in the bush and uh, it takes a special understanding to actually get, get a grasp on where these people are at and um, they're not so flashy at heart they sort of can you know spot a fake so to speak a mile off but um it it pays too with having an upbringing in the country you've got a bit of a handle on the the culture where they're at and how they talk how they think you know
3: yeah and i mean it not to keep that kind of us and them mentality but it's true because just you know different kinds of people live in different kinds of areas and different things are relevant to different people
1: well, it's like the hip hop scene, you know, in Melbourne. It's it's not really my scene. Um, there's no us and them in it. It's just that they do what they do better than I do, and um, and I probably do better what I do than what they would do. You know. Yeah. And I guess that's the the whole um, uh, the way the Lord painted the picture and, and paints the picture today. That there are unique and, and very very unique areas of. Ministry and um, reaching out to the various different people groups and cultures that we have. Even in Australia, the, the I guess the multi-ethnic um, produces a lot of different cultural outlooks. And it pays to be sensitive and understanding to that if you want to get somewhere with the gospel, you know, because it's like there's so many barriers to climb over um, before you even get to have a heart-to-heart. Mm. And um, so... As much of that that's out of the way as possible before we start. Uh, it's not always easy, but um, you know what we represent, who we represent, and it's it is a very tough thing in the field, and uh, especially with uh, what I what I'm called to. I'm, I'm actually called to an itinerant type of uh, evangelistic ministry, and that that's one that, that has enough um, battles in itself, you know. Oh yeah. Um, because it's fairly raw, it's it's out there, you know. It's uh, the evangelist, I guess, is the you know point of the spear, so to speak, of of the Christian message, mm. and um, is the one that God sort of used to go in to plough the ground up and soften the hearts. And sometimes in that, hearts don't get softened; they get you know a little bit of misunderstanding and, and that sort of thing. And but you know that's the that's the walk we tread. Not everybody accepts our message, but we continue regardless, you know.
3: You do what God's called you to do, don't you?
1: Yes, that's right. And, I mean, even regardless of the the, the setbacks, I mean, just uh, I mentioned to the other day, I was we on this interview. I was going to be very frank and honest up, up front, and um, we've uh, got a hold of a, um, a beautiful touring vehicle last year, about eight months ago, and we've been living in it. It's a, It's a fifth wheeler mobile home we've got a lovely ram a dodge ram uh pickup truck to pull it with and the other day we're driving along the road and the main uh, the main uh chassis of uh, of the fifth wheel of mobile home it's actually completely broken too so we had half the van hanging off the back almost dragging on the ground and we had to link into mount isa and just going through the process now of okay this is the only home we have but is it insured enough? That's the question. And are they going to actually cover it? And these are these are things that you have to work through. And, and while you're away from your sort of uh, centre of family gravity, you know, and ours uh, is back in Cairns and Mareeba, and you're sort of, you're faced with, well, okay, where do I go from this? How do I interpret this trial, Lord? And, you know, we know that they, the trials are sent to strengthen us and they, they do come and go. And... Um, so we really know that that God is going to lead us through here and continue on with the purpose and and our purpose is specifically to be involved in music and evangelism in the field across uh, across the churches and um, across the different style of uh, outreach events um, right into being part of um, uh, things like radios and shows and I've done uh, like announcing for rodeos before and that's a great way to get into. The uh, community and, and be a genuine part of them while you're also looking for opportunities to uh, witness for the Lord.
3: Wow! So lots of different, um, many and varied events and opportunities mm-hmm. for you to um, share the love of Christ.
1: Yeah, um, definitely. And um, so, I guess it's uh, but it's a, it's a it's a real adventure, you know, when your life. I was going to say, is on hold in a sense, but we're all, all our lives are on a hold in a sense as we stop to say, Lord, what would you have me do? Where will you direct me this time? Um, what's the next step? You know, we can plan the best we can. And I tell you, I've done years of planning for some things, and they just haven't gone that way when they've actually, you know, when it's actually come off. To understand that, that if we commit away to the Lord and trust in him, and lean not on our own understanding, even though we we have an understanding of it, we're not to necessarily lean on it to make you know, decisions for the future as far as the kingdom is concerned. We're actually to to wait on him and he promises that if we commit our way to him and, and lean not on our own understanding, that he will direct our path. And that's that's the sweet fruit of, of waiting and believing um, no matter what we're seeing.
0: You're listening to The Story. Today Shelley Scohan is chatting with singer, songwriter and rural chaplain Dan Vogler, who's sharing about his life on the road, singing and sharing the gospel wherever he goes. We'll hear more of Dan's story and some of his music when we return. My generation We're back with more of Shelley Scowen chatting with Dan Vogler, who's a country music singer and a rural chaplain who gets around and does music and evangelism in some of the most far-flung places of Australia. Next, we'll hear more of Dan's story, but first, here's a bit of his music.
2: You're the reason for so many songs and stories Your people just can't help but call your name I guess it's got a lot to do With the love that you poured out I'm just proud to be a part of those Who are called to bring your name And your way My generation My generation
3: Your living testament to God just leading and guiding you wherever you go is kind of what your life is all about. You go from place to place and God just tells you where to go. I'm sure that hasn't been without its challenges though.
1: That's true, Shelley. it's like the call is on the inside of anybody. And I often reflect back on the fact that when I was 16, I first became a Christian and I felt the Lord speak to me and say, I was going to use you in music and evangelism. And at that time I couldn't sing, hadn't written any songs, couldn't play a musical instrument. I didn't own a musical instrument and I didn't know what the word evangelism was. And, um, so I know that God can put a, a gift and a call on anybody's life, and there's no rhyme or reason, or, or you know, why some person may well be called to a certain thing. But I guess God knows the end from the, the beginning, from the end, and, and all in between. And and I don't even think that necessarily makes any difference either, because at the end of the day, we're all under the grace of God, and we just have to hear the call is really, it's like one of my songs called Heed the Call. It's, we have to hear the call. And that's often been, as I've reflected back through many, you know, trials, tribulations, and and victories, and, and um, great times, I have looked back to that very time and said, Lord, what next? And I hear the Lord saying, Dan, I'm going to use you in music and evangelism. And even though the call changes, what it looks like uh, in reality in in, in helping uh, build the kingdom of god it can look very different you know you go through different stages of dreaming about certain things and then connecting with it and then assisting others and helping others and then being giving uh, being given an opportunity yourself and and that grows and then eventually you get asked to teach on the on the whole area of of what it is you do and and I've been doing that now for quite a few years. But, you know, as you continue on, you look to really put something into the kingdom that's lasting and even lasting longer than, than what we do, you know, um, as a bit of a, a legacy, so to speak, and um, not for anything of us, but we just want to be fruitful. I guess everybody's got that in them where they they want to leave their mark, so to speak, on their generation, and we want to do it for the glory of God and knowing that if it's done in that way, then then we'll have longevity
3: yeah. and,
1: uh, and it'll be fruitful.
3: But that goes against the grain of what society tells us. You know, society says you need to live in a nice house and have two modern cars and a boat and a nice family around you and then you've succeeded in life. You've obviously got a pretty different um, outlook to that. You know, you're just following God and following His call.
1: Yeah. Look, I guess it is true that even a lot of Christians think that way. And um, so it's not everybody on board as far as that's concerned either. But um, look, I I think of the different missions people and and uh, that have that have given up considerable uh, things and, and found that they're in a situation that they can't really walk away from because the love of God in them is constraining them to to sow their life into uh, works that may well be in another country or in. in in outback regions where I travel through. And, uh, you know, I call them heroes of the faith, the the men and women that work in these areas. And um, right from those that are doing chaplaincy work and and pastoring churches and overseeing different um, outreach-type ministries, um, those that are working in uh, remote areas, even in their professions, and uh, still trusting God that Mm -hmm. they can... uh, have a really positive input into the people that are around their life, where, where they are.
3: Yeah. And so you've, you know, seen the the fruit of your ministry. That's why you keep doing it. You know that God has called you to it. What are some of the, the times that just stick out to you? Uh, over the years of your ministry, I know there would be hundreds of highlights. Tell us about some of the things that just keep you on the road, keep you doing what you're doing day after day.
1: I get testimonies. Um, uh, from time to time of people almost begging me to keep doing what I'm doing because of how it, uh, my music has affected their life even over a period of years and um, that's a common thing also um, looking at uh, in different places people will come up to me and say you remember you, you came through a certain place many years ago and that's when my life turned around when I heard those words and that song you sung and that's another another situation that happens almost uh, almost every time we go out now. There will be a stranger comes up that says, "Your music has really done something wonderful in my life," and they're saying that they now have purchased a copy of one of the CDs and, and are now handing that blessing on to someone in their family that may not be um, a Christian at this stage. You know,
3: and that's what makes it all worth it. Hey.
1: Well, it is because it's it's something that you can give an account for, an account uh, accountability. You know, it's something you can point to and say, look, it may not be a lot, but it's cost me a lot to have this fruit. And uh, at the end of the day, we we hand that fruit to the Lord anyway. And um, I mean, wisdom leads you more and more to be uh, less and less involved in stuff that's not so fruitful. And uh, I found a few times in life where I've had a bit of a sidetrack and tried to go into business and all sorts of things like that and mainly because of the, the burden of keeping the finances going and and I figured, well, okay, you know, I, I might be able to do it in business myself and, and only to find that it, it doesn't really work and it's not where I really should be. And I guess all of us have those things to work through, you know, what do we do, how do we do it and, and uh, you know, what's the timeframes on it and that sort of thing. But for me... It's been the thing that the Lord blesses is the music and evangelism, and I'm basically available to to any churches that may be listening, any pastors or people in churches that would like to have uh, music evangelism happening um, from you know from someone outside who's who's walked many miles in that field, mm. and um, I'm happy to talk with them and and look at a time to come through and administer in the area and not just necessarily for a night or two. We've got the facilities to stay in an area uh, indefinitely, really, you know, up to a month even and you can achieve quite a bit. Um, it's like it's like putting one shovel in the ground, digging a shovel full out and, and looking through it and saying so, well, you know, did we find gold? Well, that's one way, but if you pull up and you actually able to extract quite an area over quite a time, you're gonna find something. And uh, that's a bit like what it is with evangelism, you know, the, the fast pass or the, the one where you really dig down into some of the bedrock.
3: Thanks so much, Dan, for sharing just a little snippet of your story and your ministry and your heart with us this morning. Appreciate you spending some time with us.
1: For sure, Shelley. Appreciate it too, mate. God bless.
2: The hour has come for the final plan The Father seeks the heart of every available man Oh, the fields are white, but the harvest need you All oh, the fields are white, but the harvest needs you
0: That's The Harvest is Ripe by our guest today, country music singer and rural chaplain Dan Vogler. It was great to hear his story and how, even though life on the road can be challenging at times, Dan has been steadfast in sharing the gospel wherever he goes for many, many years. To learn more about Dan and his music, you can look him up on Facebook, and many of his CDs are available at Christian bookstores. Finally, Dan's life is a really perfect example of letting your light shine wherever you go. Also, as it says in the Bible, we are to worship the Lord with gladness and come before him with joyful songs. Dan's life is a good example of that verse as well. Well, thanks for joining us for Dan's Story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story.
1: By the time I was 17, I, had, I was a rebellious kid. You know, I, I've, I've never tried anything wrong. I never did drugs, never did alcohol, never broke the law, but I was always hanging out with the wrong people at the wrong time, at the wrong place. So by the time I was 17... I had tried to kill my dad twice, and um, things weren't working well at home. Um, you know, dad wasn't at home most of the time, and I was determined to kill my dad.
0: Pedro Alexandrino grew up in Brazil in a troubled home, and things got so bad that at one point he even tried to kill his father with a knife. Pedro will share the miraculous way his Christian aunt helped him turn things around. That's Pastor Pedro Alexandrino sharing his story next time. The Story, story. just another way vision is connecting faith to life.